Welcome to the Positive Spiritual Living Podcast, brought to you by Unity on the Bay. This is your positive path for spiritual living. Reminding everybody in the room this morning that you are a hero. Did you already know that? You know, you're real convincing. Did you already know that you're a hero? Well, thank you. Now I can hear you. Did you also know that you are a savior? All right. All right. I could probably throw anything out here at this point. Yeah, that's what we are. You are. You're all heroes and you're all saviors. Whether you realize it or not, one of the reasons why we have embarked on the six-week program called The Five Principles is to help all of you at your request better understand these essential principles of the teaching of the unity way of life and also better equip you to be able to share them with others when you're called upon to do so. And this is important, my friends, because in a very real way, we are not only a savior to ourselves, we are saviors to one another. If you have been looking outside of yourself for anybody or anything to save your soul, let me encourage you this morning to end that endless search. Because the reality is you're only going to find what can save you within you. That's where it dwells. That's where it's always been. And that's where we're looking for sure this morning. So um, we're going through the pages of this book, Five Principles by Unity Minister Reverend Ellen Devonport. These five principles were um, created by a lady named Connie Fillmore. She was the great-granddaughter of the founders of Unity, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore. And she distilled what is an oftentimes confusing and difficult core message in our movement. She's distilled it down to five basic principles that once you learn them and once you learn how to express them and articulate them, you will find they apply, they're applicable, they're helpful to any situation you'll ever go through in your life. You can pick that book up at the Source Bookstore today. Take it with you as a guidebook um, as we move through the remainder of these uh, weeks together studying these principles. So I told you last week that you have one essential responsibility on the journey of your lifetime. You may think you have many responsibilities, but let me tell you, you only have one. It is a sacred responsibility. Ultimately, it's a sacred obligation, but not in the sense of being anything heavy. This is something that is truly joyous. Your sacred responsibility is based on the premise that in your oneness with all people, in your oneness with everybody everywhere, you realize you cannot fully experience a spiritual awakening until everyone is waking up with you. If we're all a part of one energy, one consciousness, one life, one love, and one heart, then it stands to reason that all of us must awaken together, no one of us individually. We cannot exceed the others. I can't stand up here and tell you, well, I'm more spiritually awake and illumined than you are. Because you are an expression of my own consciousness, as is all of life outside, around, and about me. So as I begin to shift, I begin to witness that shift taking place in others, and I am called upon to serve and support other people in their awakening while I myself am in the process of waking up. Waking up to a new understanding of who I am and what this life is all about. So the sacred responsibility involves committing to understanding and living spiritual principles, first of all, for yourself, so that you can get your life in alignment with the divine. 
the divine identity of who you are. And as that happens, you will find that the universe mysteriously, almost magically, brings other people onto the path of your experience that need to be supported by you, that need to be offered whatever insight you can offer. And this isn't about you know, trying to win converts to the unity way of life. It's realizing that we are all citizens in human consciousness. And we are all seeking together to become liberated. And we need to hold each other's hands and hearts as we experience that journey together. So I don't know how adept you all are at helping people understand a little bit more about unity and how you came to find it, but we're going to have a little test this morning. Are you ready? I want you to find one other person in the room, and I want you to take turns sharing with each other how it is that you found unity. Are you with me on that? Find one other person and just take a few minutes and share with them. Let them know how you found unity. And if you have not had the time yet to change places, let the other person tell you how they found unity as well. I was born into it, into it, yeah, because of that woman right there. <laughs> All righty, let's wind it down here. Were you pretty comfortable having that conversation? Good. Well, you were just talking about logistics, how it is that you discovered unity, how it is that you got here. It's a little more challenging when you actually get down to talking about the philosophy, have you noticed? Because uh, we all believe on some level that we're like religious beings. And so we get attached to religion, don't we? And we get attached to certain dogma and regulations that surround our religion. And we become so defined in our religion that when we come into a conversation with another person, we would sooner do just about anything than talk about religion. Have you noticed? Because where it often leads is, a, is a, a point of turmoil or a point of a disagreement or a point of conflict. 
Remember, my friends, that far more than being religious individuals, because quite frankly, I don't care in the room right now this morning whether you're religious or not. What I do care about is that you recognize you are a spiritual being. And your spirituality transcends all the differences of the various religions that we may experience. This is one of the greatest advantages from my perspective of the unity movement. And please hear me on this. We believe that there is good in every single religious and spiritual perspective on the planet and that everybody is always progressing and proceeding at exactly the right way at precisely the right time toward their own spiritual awakening. And we are not here in this room this morning to make demands of you or to tell you that you have to follow certain rules and regulations. We're telling you that your spiritual nature transcends any religious nature. Your spirituality dwells within your heart. You have direct access to it. And it is your responsibility to find out what it is and then to live in integrity with it. And you say, well, that's more than I can handle. No, it's not. It is exactly what you were created to do. You have everything you need in this room this morning to found a way of life based on universal spiritual principle that will serve and support you in liberating yourself and liberating humanity on this planet. Does humanity need any liberation right now? Yes. That's the best you can do? I mean, hey, my friends... Just join me right now in bringing to mind our presidential election process. <laughs> Does the world need to be liberated right now? Yes! Thank you. You see, it's not enough that we hear it in these walls. We have to get the message out. And there are people that need to hear this message. And if they don't hear it from you, they're not going to hear it from anybody. Again, I am not talking about trying to sell your friends and family on a religious way of life. I'm trying to help people help you realize that when you go out into the world, there are people that need to know that the stuff they're going through is the fertilizer. It's the, the stuff that they need in order to wake up spiritually. Once you realize that every adversity and every adversary that comes along your path is there by divine appointment to help you remember who you are and where you dwell, then your life is going to turn into an amazing journey, a consciously amazing journey of your own awakening. So let's go through these five principles. We need to know them. And the very first principle is? Pretty good. Well, we just discussed it last week. But at least Jason didn't cheat and put it up on the wall just yet. There it is. God is absolute good everywhere present. Say it with me. God is absolute good everywhere present. Do you believe that? I told you last week that you didn't really believe it. It's hard to really believe it. It's wonderful to say, but in order to really believe it, it means that you have to be able to look out on the panorama of your existence and really get that everybody and everything is a part of the one presence, the one power of God, and that is good. And that's hard to do. It begins with ourselves, which is why the first and second principle are so important. The second principle is a reflection of your identity in light of the first principle, and it goes like this. Human beings have a spark of divinity within them, the Christ spirit within their very essences of God, and therefore they are also inherently good. How many of you believe in the room this morning that you are inherently good? How many of you believe that every single moment of every single day, I am good, I am God in expression? Well, all of you that just kept your hand up need to come up here because you're going to deliver the rest of the message this morning. 
<laughs> it's difficult to remember how good you are. It's difficult to remember how sacred and beautiful and holy you are. It's only difficult because of the erroneous conditioning that you have received that has told you repeatedly again and again that you're not sufficient, that you're not competent, that you're not worthy. So you've got to be willing to let all of that stuff go if you're really going to live in alignment and agreement with this second principle, which is the meat of what we're going to talk about this morning. But let's first continue our recap of all five principles. Number three, human beings create their experiences by the activity of their thinking. Everything in the manifest realm has its beginning in thought. Everything out here that you experience with your five senses begins as a thought. We've been down this road many times. Thoughts attract other thoughts of similar nature. We begin to invest these thoughts which form concepts with our belief and our faith, and voila, we become astounding human projectors of this whole time-space reality outside of us. But its whole origin is right up here, my friends. The thoughts that you are thinking and the thoughts that you are infusing with your belief and with your faith are creating your experience of the divine reality of one presence and one power. If this morning anything in your world doesn't seem like it's a part of the one presence and the one power of God, it's because you're not seeing it clearly. And the way to see it clearly is to take this principle, the third principle of the power of your mind, and look at what it is that's in your own consciousness, your thoughts, your feelings, your beliefs, that may be filtering the ultimate reality of the one presence and the one power of God into your experience over here, which doesn't seem to be reflecting it. You're not asking God to change here, not anybody or anything. You're asking yourself to change. You're asking your consciousness, the filter out of which you experience the one presence and power of God to change. The fourth principle is prayer is creative thinking that heightens the connection with God, mind, and therefore brings forth wisdom, healing, prosperity, and everything good. How many of you would like to have a little more wisdom, healing, prosperity, or everything good in your life? Yes? yes. All right. The way to do that is to raise your thinking, to lift your thinking so that your thinking and your feeling is in alignment with divine reality, you see? You do that through prayer. You'll never accomplish this by going out into the world out here and trying to change and manipulate things. If you change anything out here, let it be only upon the instruction of something that speaks to you at the deep inner recesses of your soul. Then you go out and take action. But the most important thing you will ever do, my friends, in the spiritual journey is to get quiet. That's right. The first thing you have to do is shut up. That's the first thing I have to do. Really, and it's tough because we're all caught up in the wonder of the world of words, aren't we? So we have to get quiet, get still, go within, and ask that our thinking, that our consciousness be lifted up to this level of purity and clarity where we can clearly experience the reality of the one presence and power of God. Now, the fifth principle is the one I always tell you I have a love-hate relationship with because it tells you this. Knowing and understanding the laws of life, also called truth, are not enough. Darn it. I know this. I understand it. I can stand up here and wax eloquent about it all day long. I'm not going to stand up here and talk all day long, but I could because that's how beautiful it is to talk about. But talking about this spiritual reality doesn't really cut it, my friends. There are 
endless, countless numbers of people talking about their faith, talking about their spirituality, talking and reading about this one presence. You and me, we've got to live it so that when those adversities and adversaries do show up on our path, when we're trying to get to church and there's a citywide marathon going on, we're just sitting there going, I rest in the patience and the love and the presence of the one God, which is what all of us did on our way to church this morning, right? (laughs) We bless that marathon, triathlon, whatever it is, and all those people that are in our way, God love them. You see, that's where this gets tough, amen? Yeah, we can come together in here and have a lovely day talking about it. God is so, my God, it was just wonderful. And I just feel God and I see God in all your faces. But then we have to go out there and deal with our reality through the lenses that we ourselves have created. It's not always easy, but is it worth it? Yeah, because once you're free, my friends, from the compelling reports of the physical realm of five senses, the physical realm of the material. Once you're free of that, then you begin to live like um, Didi was telling us to live. You're a hero, you're flying high because you remembered who you are. So let's just uh, have a quick recap. Last week I told you that there's no such thing as evil and today I'm telling you that you are God. Are you clear on that? Now do you ever wonder why this is a difficult teaching to communicate to other people? What's unity? Well, we don't believe that there's any such thing as evil, and um, I'm God. (laughs) It's like, all right, whatever. You want to come to church with me? Well, maybe next week. I don't know. It's really difficult unless you understand this key component. You are the translator of your experience of reality. No one else. It's you, and the translation is happening through your consciousness. So this morning, I'm going to ask you the most important question you could ever ask yourself and I could ever ask you. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Really? All right, all right. Believe that you are that divine essence And you will begin to see as your consciousness really accepts that. Well, the first thing you'll see is everything in you that doesn't believe it. So you want to have a rough day? Just wake up in the morning and say, I am a direct reflection of the one presence and the one power of God. Because what will happen is all the stuff inside of you that doesn't believe that for a minute will come up. It'll start showing up in life situations and the cast of characters that make up your world. But you know what it is. You know that every one of these seeming adversities or adversaries is in your life but for one reason, and that is to support you, to wake you up, to open your eyes to the divine revelation of who you are. So you no longer see adversities and adversaries as problems in your life. Do you hear me? What's your problem this morning? Remember this, my friends. Whatever your problem seems to be, it is actually the very presence of God knocking at your door right now saying, wake up, wake up. Either put your faith in this five-sense world of time and space or put your faith in the one presence and the one power that is God. Are you a mortal being then? Do you believe you're a mortal being subject to limitation, subject to lacks, subject to unworthiness, undeservedness, incompetency? Do you believe the lies that have been said to you about you? Or do you believe that you are the Christ? Now, I love um, what 
our author that we're following, um, Ellen Davenport, has to say about this second principle. She compares our identity with, uh, as God with waves on the ocean, and she says this, Each of us is distinct as a wave, yet made up of precisely the energy and attributes of Mother Ocean itself. We are not the whole ocean, but we are the same composition, nothing more or less part of the divine flow. So when we say that we are God, we are making that statement in recognition of our oneness with all of life. In human beings, in animals, in the rocks, in the ocean, we're saying we are an individualized expression. This is important because it means you are God, but you are not all of God. You follow me? You are one expression. There's no two of us that are identical in terms of how we express the essence of the presence and the power of God. But do it, we must, and do it is the reason and the purpose for our existence here on this planet right now. Again, I ask you, are you a mere mortal being subject to lack and limitation, or are you a divine expression? In unity, we call that the Christ. Make sure that you understand that Christ is not Jesus' last name. Did you know that? It's not. Christ is a state of mind that existed long before Jesus ever arrived on the planet. It's a state of awakened consciousness. So we're not saying that you're Jesus who lived 2,000 years ago. We're saying that Jesus who lived 2,000 years ago was a demonstration of the Christ principle and the Christ perfection brought into human existence, not so that we could bow down and worship him 2,000 years later, but so that we could get up on our feet and start living like him. He was the way shower. He was the one who figured out what the Christ was and actually started living it. We can model after him. Worship is easy. Actual emulation, actual following the example of this man named Jesus is a whole nother story. That means putting love first in your life, and that means allowing that love and the conscious recognition of who you are as God's perfect creation to be everything that drives your existence in every moment of your life. So then uh, the question becomes, how do we bring together these seemingly polar opposites of divine reality, human expression or experience, the truth that we are the Christ, the divine in expression every moment of our lives, and what seems to be our faults and our frailties. We do that through the work in consciousness, my friends, through the work of that which we are infusing with our belief and our faith. When somebody or something shows up in your world that doesn't seem like the Christ pattern of perfection, instead of trying to go out here and change it, certainly instead of going out and trying to condemn it, you realize it is trying to show you an aspect of your own consciousness that is blocking your ability to fully understand, appreciate, and live in integrity with who you are. It's a false belief. We talked about this last week. It's an erroneous belief. And it's there in your life, but for one reason, and that is for you to let it go. Another word for letting it go is this, forgiveness. The moment that you recognize something is not what it seems, the adversity is not there in your life to bring you troubles, problems, and woes. It's there to wake you up. The moment you surrender or you realize that your illusion of the person or the situation is there to be given up to the presence of God, in that moment you'll begin to lay down your judgment of that person or situation and it will begin to turn for you from a misfortune to a great fortune. Do you hear me on this? 
Misfortune becomes great fortune once you realize that everything that's coming to you in your experience is coming from God. And it's there to bless you. And the more intensely it appears to be there as your curse, I guarantee you the greater the opportunity for you to discover the blessing that is within it. Charles Fillmore, the co-founder of the Unity Movement many years ago, defined this Christ presence, this divine identity as this. Christ is the divine man or woman. Jesus is the name that represents an individual expression of the Christ idea. Christ existed long before Jesus. Christ abides in each person as his potential perfection. Now, we're going to be spending some serious committed time this weekend. Friday evening begins here at Unity on the Bay, a retreat that runs through Saturday. And the whole purpose of that retreat is to master the art of letting go to recognize that which is right now in the content of your consciousness that is blocking your ability to live out fully the one presence and the one power of God, this retreat is designed to bring that up for you so that you can see it and then to provide you with tools to release it, to let it go, so that you get your vision back, so that for God's sake, literally, you get your life back. You are no longer the victim of erroneous beliefs and conditioning that have brought about the experience that you have right now of being separated from God. Now is the moment where you can begin to experience unity. And my friends, you'll never do this by yourself. Right now, there are people in your life, you know who they are, who are going through challenging circumstances. They, like you, my friends, need to understand this is not their ticket to hell. This is their ticket to heaven. Do you hear me on this? This is their opportunity. And when they commit themselves as you commit themselves and together you stand in support, this is what creates an awakening for the whole planet right now. It's not enough anymore for one or two of us to wake up. It's not enough to have one Jesus Christ. We have to have a planet full of Jesus Christ. We have to have everybody waking up realizing, I am not the lie that I was told I am. I am spiritual strength, spiritual truth. I have a sense of worthiness. I have a sense of entitlement as a child of God, as the Christ spirit in expression. And I'm going to live my own life out of that, and I'm going to remind other people that they too, like me, are the Christ. My friends, however you define yourself in this moment right now or any moment of your life, that is exactly how you will experience yourself. How you define yourself creates your experience of yourself. This morning, I implore you, which I don't very often do in this emphatically, but I'm imploring you because this is your ticket to liberation. Wake up, remember who you are, and then get about the business of helping others remember who they are because it's together that we are waking up to the collective realization that we are the presence of God in living technicolor visualization. God bless you. And as I invite our ushers to come forward, I want to remind you that on your way out to pick up the five principles handout, and let's celebrate as a spiritual community. You know, so remember to live those principles. You know, put them into action, not just know them, embody them. 
I want to share with you um, what Unity tied outside of our walls and during the month of August. We tied to Unity Worldwide Ministries $2,642, Southeast Unity Region $2,197, Unity Village $2,642, Unity Gold Coast Ministries $439, Feeding People in Transition, $1,227, and Congregational Financial Assistance, $700. That was all during the month of August. That was a total of $9,404, and it was possible because of you. So thank you very much for that. So if you feel led to do so, bring your offering to your heart space and let us affirm our affirmation of our blessing. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I am, all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. And so it is. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Positive Spiritual Living Podcast, brought to you by Unity on the Bay, a spiritual community located in Miami, Florida. Unity on the Bay is supported by the generosity of its community. If you'd like to make a donation or learn more about Unity on the Bay, please visit unityonthebay.org. You can also follow Unity on the Bay on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for even more positive spiritual inspiration. Until next time, thanks for listening and many blessings. Namaste.